0: Welcome to the Practical Idealist Podcast, aligning what is good with what is possible. I'm your host, Allison Bueller, director of the Homestead Education Center in Starkville, Mississippi. Our focus on this show is real change that improves health, home, and community. <music> Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, swept the world with its recognition between the marriage of our mental well-being and the state of our homes. We know this, right? When we come home to a clean house, it just feels better. She writes, the objective of cleaning is not just to clean, but to feel happiness living within that environment. Transforming our living spaces from something that stresses us out to somewhere that gives us comfort and joy is important work. But how do we do it? This week's guest is known as the Queen Bee of Clean in our community, and she's joining us to tell us how to clean up our physical and our mental spaces. This program is brought to you by the Homestead Education Center, a nonprofit organization in Starkville, Mississippi. Our online and on site information, events, and workshops are supported entirely by our members. If you like what you learn at the Homestead, jump over to our membership page on the website and sign up for a level that's right for you. For as little as the price of a fancy coffee a month, you can keep our programming coming. Go to www.thehomesteadcenter.org. That's www.thehomesteadcenter.org. Our 7th Annual Women's Wellness Retreat is officially sold out at the Homestead. We will be videoing some of the sessions, so don't worry if you didn't get a spot, and we'll share those with our members on the website. Our keynote speaker is the incredibly dynamic Santee Ezel who is helping us find our joy. And I can't wait to share what she has to say. We'll have her on the show this spring as well. Our Eating with the Seasons Potluck, Winter Potluck, is on January 26th from 5 to 7.30. You can bring a savory seasonal dish to share. And afterwards, we'll engage in a discussion, Beating the Winter Blues, with Counselor Megan Colvin. Kids are welcome to come and members are free. And guests are welcome to attend for a $5 donation. And just as a heads up, our Beating Anxiety and Depression online course starts February 1st. So if that's something that you'd like to join us for, sign up on the website. Our programming depends on our members. And there are three levels based on your level of involvement that you can find at thehomesteadcenter.org. Go to join today from the main page and see which level is right for you. We want to welcome our new members, Lydia Quarles, Camille Cooper, Kyla Early, or Kayla Early, Rebecca Houston. And I want to thank all of those of you who subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and left reviews. That really helps us to reach an audience that we haven't been reaching before. And I appreciate those of you who tweeted to me at Allison Bueller MS or emailed us at thehomesteadms at gmail.com. Please keep those coming. It really means a lot to me that people are listening to the podcast and they find it useful or entertaining or informational. So send me a tweet if you get a chance at Allison Bueller MS or send us an email at thehomesteadms at gmail.com. Somebody on the reviews recently called I Hate Meat said, this podcast meets you where you are with practical tips and advice. Another listener said, great ideas and tips for better lifestyle, various topics, never boring. And I really appreciate the feedback that we're getting. It shows me that you find this show useful. Or at least my attempts at the show are entertaining to you. Our guest on today's show is Shannon Voges-Hout. She's the owner of a small empire called Worker Bees. Worker bees cleans houses, helps you move, cleans out your attic, your car, or your garage, power washes, pretty much anything else that you need done. She's a local legend here, and while I know people love Worker bees service, that's not why I wanted to bring Shannon on the show. What truly inspires me um, about this woman is the fact that she has six children, six children, runs a business, and that every time I stop by her house unannounced, it still looks inviting, organized, and calm. We all wanna know how to do that. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you for having me. I wanted you to start by just telling us how you're able to make a business out of something that obviously comes very naturally to you and maybe not so naturally to the rest of us.
1: Well, you really hit the nail right on the head there. I'm very lucky that I actually kind of fell into doing a job that involves things that come naturally to me. Um, I'm weird in that I enjoy work I just like to work I'm not very good at relaxing and everybody knows if you own your own business it does involve a lot of work um, I'm, I'm just a naturally organized person um, I have a lot of attention to detail and just an entrepreneurial spirit um, anything I do I always end up thinking how can I make money <laughs> at, mm-hmm. at this so I'm just lucky enough to figure out that it was a really good fit for my natural strengths and it's like you said those strengths also happen to be things that that my clients are not good at or they don't want to focus their time and energy on so it's a win-win
0: and we're going to come back to that later because i think you pointed out something important already it may not be the best use of our time to focus on something we are not good at so we'll come back to that for sure i remember when my kids were small let's just start there a lot of our listeners are our parents of young children and mike worked all the time how do you think our physical space impacts our mental well-being or our mood i remember he came in one time and the food was just all over the table probably from lunch and it was like now six o'clock and i mean he just he was so stressed out and he came in and he just started throwing stuff away like throwing it in the garbage can throwing out stuff that didn't need to be thrown away and i was looking at him like look, buddy, I'm doing the best I can. But Mm -hmm. how does how does our space impact our mental well being our mood, our family dynamics? Well, I
1: mean, every family is different. And I'm gonna go with a little bit of a traditional role where let's just assume that the mom is the one doing you know, a lot of the homemaking. Um, And everybody has heard the saying, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. (laughs) I think Having kids uh, brings with it a number of challenges that can be frustrating, um, endlessly picking up stuff, the, the uphill battle of being outnumbered and trying to herd ducks, you know, all the time to get anywhere or accomplish anything. And when you spend your days just waiting in toys and laundry, not being able to find things, your, your to-do list is just endless. Um, it can it can really impact negatively your personal mental well-being and also your ability to peacefully, calmly, and happily interact with your kids and definitely your spouse, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed and you start to, you know, resent him or her for not helping more. Um, it's a really common problem.
0: Yeah, I'd say it's probably what <laughs> lands most of us in marriage therapy at some point or another. Yeah. well what kind of transformations have you seen from people who go from chaos to calm I'm sure you witnessed this right yeah well I mean and it happened to
1: me I mean I don't want anybody to get the impression that my you know my life has just always been this super put together organized thing I mean with six kids that's are you kidding me I mean yes I definitely had my share of complete and utter chaos um when they were young uh I actually ran a home daycare and so that I could stay home with them and um because I had a house full of sometimes 10 kids constantly, I thought that we needed lots and lots of toys and like multiples of everything so you know the kids wouldn't fight over it. And as you can imagine, it was just like a knee deep disaster area most of the time. And uh, one weekend I just was just overwhelmed and I just went on a huge purge and I, I got rid of, the games that didn't have all the pieces and the broken toys and the, the things nobody really seemed to play with, um, the multiples of toys, and it was amazing how the following week, it's like the kids even, I mean it was definitely easier on me and I felt less stressed out, but even the kids it was like the fewer toys they had, um, they actually held the kids attention longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got more creative in the way that they played with the toys and I think they were calmer just because, you know, there was just less overstimulation, just less messes everywhere and less you know, you know, a lot of toys have batteries and they make noises and it was just more relaxing atmosphere for them and because they were sort of better behaved and calmer in addition to there being less mess for me to deal with i think it 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 enabled me to be a more involved and attentive caregiver because i wasn't you know constantly having to pick up stuff just to keep it functional in there Hmm. that made me you know less tired less harried and then i mean honestly even when, at the end of the day, when my husband came home and it was just me and my kids left, I, I think I was even in a better mood. I, I almost didn't want to correlate the two things. I thought, what in the world is different here? But I really finally came to the conclusion, like just having less stuff in there had a huge snowball effect on, you know, everybody's mental health and mood.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and that was my next question. You know, we know that our lives could operate with less stress if we got organized. And how do we do it? So step number one is what I wanted to know, and is is that step number one? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Get rid of stuff is step number one for sure. All right. Now, how do we do it? Because there's a <laughs> there are a lot of <laughs> a lot of savers, hoarders, and everything in between.
1: Yeah. Um, a good place to start. So in my in my business, I actually do consultations with people about getting organized and. Um, it's almost universally step one no matter what people think that their problem is you know with being organized it's always starts with you have too much stuff and a good place to begin is with multiples Um, I mean how many coffee mugs do you really need to drink your coffee in the morning Mm. why does your seven-year-old own nine pairs of shoes you know, mm-hmm. if your kids have one soccer ball, I guarantee that they'll keep track of it and take care of it better than if they have five. And I'm speaking from experience on mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm counting the soccer balls at my yard right now. Yeah, exactly. So it, you know, it doesn't have to be a gigantic production. I think people get overwhelmed by where to even where do I begin. And um, I think a great step is set up a, a Rubbermaid tub. And it it keeps a permanent spot in your house and call it the get rid of box. That's what we call it at our house, the get rid of box. And every time you come across something that you have too many of, just put it in the tub. And then when the tub's full, just take it to the thrift store. I I actually discourage people from trying well I'm gonna put it on garage sale and I'm gonna sell it on eBay you know what you're just (laughs) it has it's like the peace of mind that you get from just getting it out of your life is more valuable than the time and energy you're gonna put into getting you know 50 cents at a garage sale for those you know extra coffee mugs and you know most thrift stores have a a uh, what's the word i'm looking for you know they're a charity of sorts like the palmer thrift store you know the Mm -hmm. the money goes to helping kids in at the palmer home and so
0: yeah you can um, get a tax receipt you can yeah you can get that's right so so you keep a tub by the door this is number one and we get rid of multiples get rid of multiples i just did that with our coffee mugs it's funny that you say that and i got it down to nine and we have um (laughs) five people and but I was really proud of getting it down to nine yeah and then Cecilia went to the little store at her school for good behavior points and she brought home four more <laughs> So I need the tub okay so once we understand we've got to get rid of multiples what's step two well
1: you, you definitely have to continue um, just in small manageable manageable pieces take one kitchen drawer at a time one dresser at a time one closet at a time and it's like not only are you going to make forward progress but you also start to make it a habit Um, because even though you may stop bringing things into your house it's like I don't know, it has, especially if you have kids, it just sort of has a way, exactly what you're just saying about, you know, Cecilia bringing four more coffee mugs home. It has a way of, you know, sneaking its way back in. So it's never just, well, I did this once and now I'm finished. Mm-hmm. It needs to be an ongoing, you know, habit that you're, you're always getting rid of stuff. Um, and then I do the, this I would say step two is doing the same thing with trash. And I, I mean, I'm not saying anybody's house looks like three feet deep like a hoarder But I'm always amazed in my business when I go in people's homes how much actual trash is cluttering up things like just receipts and broken, you know, little toys and water bottles and plastic cups and junk mail and um, it's just constantly staying on top of throwing things away that you don't need to have in your house, you don't want in in your area little habits like I I actually I don't even know where I heard this This is probably back in the olden days when there were still magazines that (laughs) that we read but um I when we when I come in from the mailbox I stand over the trash can to open my mail Mm all the junk mail goes straight in the trash can the envelopes once I've opened something it goes straight in the trash can I mean all those it's a, It's amazing how much trash can come in through your house through your mailbox. Mm-hmm. And I see all the time people, it's just piled up on their kitchen counters and piled up on their desk. And I know when I open my mail, I would say 92% of my mail is trash. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to, you know, it never has to even get any farther in my house than the trash can. So, yeah, um, that's one just little habit. Same thing with, like, school papers. If you ever get in your kids' backpacks, it's like... You know so much paper and um news old newsletters and homework you know drawings and stuff and the good thing now is that with the technology we have it's like if there's something that if you happen to have a kid who's kind of sensitive about you throwing away their drawings or whatever just take a picture of it and then it's in your phone <laughs> And then you don't have to have the actual you know Thing. Oh, some stuff is special and you want to keep it but it's not it's not necessary to keep every scrap of paper that comes home from from school um, I would say the last major player in getting organized is laundry mm. um, if you're if you're listening right now and you aren't naked <laughs> I would bet big money you own too many clothes I mean, everybody I know, myself, I'm still fight with it. But it's like we all we have so much, so much clothes, and mm-hmm. especially our kids nowadays. It's it's uh, it just blows my mind the the amount of extra work and energy that we're making for ourselves just by having just too many
0: clothes. And what's your tip on paring down on clothes?
1: Well, I mean, we've all heard the saying about you know if a whole season goes by and you haven't worn something get rid of it and I mean I think that's great advice I and mean, everybody has um i think you know i think i'm gonna lose some weight and fit back into these clothes and or you know these these are too small but i i may get back into them so just get rid of them by the time you get small again you know the styles are going to be different or you know Mm -hmm. i think people get too attached to stuff when we all know there's plenty more stuff out there you can always go get another one if you you if you had to
0: yeah and that's the thing that's interesting to me we know our stuff is bogging us down and making us miserable so how do you change your shift in focus to the feeling of freedom and time that you're going to get from not having so much stuff that's the tricky part like how do you get to that transition piece
1: I think everybody has probably had that Christmas Christmas is always really poignant for me because you know the uh the juxtaposition about what it's really meant to be about versus why it's turned into this materialistic holiday and stuff but you know those those Christmases where you're buying you know the kids get present and they're just like so excited they're just opening one thing and throwing it to the side and going to the next thing and then by the time everything's open and then you know how much does it really get paid played with after the fact for how long mm-hmm. um, and if you've ever had one of those times where you decided, you know, maybe this year instead of buying, you know, some cheap plastic crap, um, how about if we all, you know, go to, like we went the other night, go to Cirque de Soleil. Mm-hmm. So, if you've ever done that where you make a decision to have an experience over buying some stuff, um, I think that's a really great mindset to start thinking about. It's like, okay, I love my kids or I love this person and I want to give them something but what better thing to give than a memory and time you Mm -hmm. know to to spend together so for holidays and stuff um, that's something we've tried to do is start thinking about doing experiences more than just buying things Mm -hmm. Um, and also just to stop buying stuff just to be buying stuff I mean shopping has sort of become like a pastime but for but why are we you know we don't most of us barely need for anything um so uh and not only is that going to improve your living space but it's you're spending less of your money you
0: know so and that's what we're going to have you back next time on <laughs> is getting out of debt so it, it is tied to I, I, I mean debt is one of the number one mental health concerns or triggers mm-hmm. for people and so it's tied to your living space and your tidying up and you're cleaning up because we're spending money we don't have on stuff that's making us miserable yeah
1: and also um you know it's another snowball all of this stuff is so tied together but another snowball effect of it is not only you're going to have less clutter and more money it also makes your home more pleasant but it also is easier to keep clean you know there's a lot of positives to to having less stuff for sure
0: yeah so once we get rid of what's next what's next on the list after we pare down garbage clothes duplicates
1: well it's funny for me to say because I have six kids so it sounds like <laughs> you know I have a, a small army of people to help me but I really think then one of the main tricks is to teach your kids to help this kind of developed by accident at our house, just because I was so outnumbered, there was no way I could keep, you know, I couldn't keep up. But um, we started from an early age. Like our kids' first chore was always when they were done taking a bath, they picked up their bath toys and put them in a little basket. And I mean, shoot, you, you can have nine or ten months, ten month olds who, you know, who do that. Mm-hmm. And if you're always teaching your kids from the beginning um to be respectful and responsible with their stuff and they'll you know it'll keep it in better shape so it won't get broken so which means you don't have to go buy another one and you know you you can get their help keeping the the house tidy they can help with dishes they can help sweep they can i mean you can have teach kids how to clean a bathroom when they're six, seven, eight years old. I mean, there's no reason not to. You're not being mean. It's just teaching them to be functional, responsible adults. Mm-hmm. And then when everybody pitches in, there's two things. When the house is less cluttered with stuff and easier to clean, and everybody pitches in, it's like now your time's freed up for you know fun stuff where you can spend time together and not just your interaction isn't just the mom yelling at everybody. <laughs> because the place is a wreck so and I know it's a really old-fashioned saying but uh, I'm a I practically would get this tattooed on my arm is a place for everything and everything in its place okay so Um, just in practical terms tell us what that means it just means at my house we have sort of we call it a section but it's like a category or you know like if everything, let's just say, over the course of a week, everybody's somebody has a school project, and my husband's fixing you know something, and I'm working, and we're making and cooking, and it's like there's going to be debris everywhere just mm-hmm. from the busyness of life. But what if suddenly you get a phone call? Hey, a friend is going to stop by the house, and now suddenly you're looking around and you're in a panic. Everything's a wreck. Well, if every one of those items has some place where it belongs it's very easy to tie to your house because you just pick things up and you put it right where it goes and it it makes all the difference in the world than just shoving otherwise it starts becoming piles of things and shoving stuff and then we're back to where we were before I can't find what I'm looking for and I'm you know making my life harder than it has to be
0: right the answer is not that it has a place in a pile (laughs) it has a place (laughs) (laughs) somewhere a pile does not count as a place okay So if we have we get rid of our stuff everything has a place and everybody's pitching in those are good goals to start with how do we once we get our spaces like we want them what do we do on a weekly or daily routine to keep them that way how often do we have to do this
1: well we have a saying at our office when we do you know invoices or certain things it's like if we did them every day it would only take a few minutes Mm -hmm. you know and you're always caught up but what happens is we get busy with other things and you know you know that it can wait so you start putting it off each day and then it turns it's piled up and it's this huge production so i mean honestly if you just do a little bit every day um i was laughing at the beginning when you said every time you come by my house it (laughs) it It is but you know, I have, I call it my Stepford wife routine. Like in the morning when I wake up, I walk through, I go in to wake the boys up. And as I'm walking past, you know, if I see a towel on the floor, I pick it up, I hang it up. I close the curtain to the shower. I, you know, put the lid back on the toothpaste. Then I walk in the living room. I put the couch cushion straight. I put the throw pillows where they go. I pick the blanket off the floor and fold it. It's like, if you just kind of do a little bit. So you start your day that way. Yeah. just not anything major but literally in my walk from my room our house is kind of like a lot of houses where you can sort of make a circle mm-hmm. if you walk you know through the living room and then back through the kitchen and I'll you know open the blinds I'm just kind of starting my day I'm not getting up early to have a half an hour of time to you know work around the house I'm just saying as I walk through a room if something's on the floor I pick it up if mm-hmm. I in the same thing like you're we talking about where um, a place for everything and everything has place. If I walk through the house and end up with, you know, an armful of stuff, then I can make a second circle and put it all where it goes cuz mm-hmm. everything has a place. The backpack's got a spot, the shoes have a spot, the, you know, the soccer cleats have a spot. So it's 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 I would just say it's an ongoing just a little bit at a time. Okay. Um, would be the best your best strategy on
0: that. We've tried assigning laundry days for each of the kids at our house so i know mm-hmm. sunday if your pile is full you haven't done your job you know which kid hasn't done their job and yeah another kid gets monday another kid gets wednesday but i th- not we haven't done the walkthrough because to come home yeah and have to do it it's just it's just defeating yeah. i think if you got up like you say in the morning and do your little walkthrough while you're still fresh you've rested i think i could get on board with that
1: yeah and we do a thing um and i try not to just let it get really out of hand. But I mean, on the weekend, you know, everybody wants to relax a little bit on the weekend. So I'll let the boys kind of, you know, let their room get a little bit, you know, out of hand-ish on Mm -hmm. the weekend. But what I do on Sunday afternoon, I'll say, all right, boys, it's time to regroup. I always call it regroup. Mm -hmm. You know, tomorrow morning, school. We're going to hit the ground running, we're all busy, and I, I like to start the week where everything's picked up, put away, and organized so, you know, we're not just piling on top of piles. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yes, you can absolutely, a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the afternoon, right before you go to bed's a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to wake up and start their day facing, you know, chaos. So. Yeah. Um, A little bit before you go to bed is good, but I mean, basically, even if you just, it's like I'm saying, if each person just picks their room up and, you know,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it's definitely a little bit at a time can keep it running smoothly for sure.
0: What are your tricks of the trade? I know um, you've shared the, the laundry one was so impressive to me. What can you share that would help those of us that this does not come naturally to, to help us succeed?
1: It, there is no shame in getting outside help with something. I mean, if it's... I just laugh sometimes. Like, people think they don't want to spend money on certain things. It's like, you'll go out to eat and spend money, you know, to go out to eat when we all know what happens to the food that you eat when you go out to eat. Just <laughs> right down the toilet, mm-hmm. literally. Um, and so why would you not spend money on, you know, something that can has the potential to really you know, affect your life positively. Mm -hmm. So I I think, um, and that's one of my favorite thing about running this business is that I really feel that we, we don't just clean, we, we help families in in a positive way. Um, a lot of our clients have, both of the parents are working. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I feel like for a lot of the reasons I've already mentioned that spending money on, help around the house is like a form of investing in your family you're getting quality time out of it relationships with each other you know better overall well-being in general so um
0: yes i've always classified people who clean as caregivers they're not agreed it's not a it's it's beyond a service it's a caregiving yeah, professional. When we
1: when we hire people, I say like if if you really kind of have to have the the heart of a servant to be good at this job, you have to enjoy helping people, um, because that's in order to be good at it. That's the way you have to come at it. I think.
0: Yeah, I I do think that investing in yourself for to free up time is is an invaluable thing that we don't think about when we think about paying someone to clean my mom was always adamant she was a teacher and my dad was a lawyer but he went back to seminary and we were on one income and it was my mom's of teaching and she said i don't care we are always going to have somebody that helps me clean or else i i'm out i'm out and so she made that a priority somehow we budgeted that in on one income and that was her that was her sanity and that's smart of her because it probably went a long way
1: in a in a lot of categories that no one was really, you know, maybe realizing at mm-hmm. the
0: time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I've seen things like the fly lady, she cleans in zones. Do you have any, uh, um, you know, she tells you, she'll, you can follow her on Facebook and she says, okay, today we're cleaning the carport, tomorrow we're cleaning the drawers. You know, mm-hmm. she, she breaks it down and it's just a little program to follow. What resources can you recommend for us? Um, <laughs> you know, in my, in
1: my, parenting formative years we didn't even have the internet um, that tells you how old i am um and honestly in my i was six kids like there, i didn't have time to read about <laughs> there were no resources <laughs> I don't it know, was survival whatever. exactly and so a lot of a lot of what i do i just learn by trial and error and also like you said i'm i'm lucky in that some of it just kind of comes naturally to me but um now their their habits and and I see that they sort of work Um, and I don't know I like I like to have my life simplified I don't I already have a system that I think works pretty well so I don't I haven't done any research in the area really I mean Mm -hmm. my my personal and as a professional (laughs) advice is I think the biggest resource is to just just do it, I mean, just a little bit at a time. What? Don't get up off the couch. I know we all wanna come home from work and park it and watch Netflix all evening, but I mean, if you wanna keep, if you really truly wanna keep things nice and functional and peaceful and calm and you know soothing in your home, it, it does take a little bit of work and just...
0: But I like what it. you said, it's not a lot of work, it's a little bit every day. That's right, bite-sized, bite-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you want to share with us about getting started in the process of cleaning out our homes so that we can kind of clean out our mental spaces yes
1: for the love of eight pound seven ounce baby jesus stop (laughs) bringing plastic cups home from restaurants
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah or ball games
1: I, i mean what it's so funny sometimes you we're helping people wash dishes or whatever and put stuff and you open a cabinet and there's enough plastic cups in there like to you know feed an army it's crazy Um, but no i think the simplest thing is just like i said stop bringing more stuff into your home Mm -hmm. Um, get rid of a good portion of stuff that you already have and then you're going to start seeing results already about time freed up and energy spent on you know not only it's like when you have a lot of clothes great but think of what that really means you have to wash them dry them fold them put them away you have to work in order to buy the laundry detergent and pay the
0: water bill like it 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 really does compound on itself in ways that people don't really realize i think so i think we need to look also at our purchasing patterns as well in order to be organized, probably I know we do. Yeah,
1: and you know they say, I mean, if you like to shop and you like clothes, great. But for everything, you know, if you buy something, get rid of something.
0: Mhm. Yeah. So it's not more coming. in Yeah, you and going definitely out. don't want
1: to walk around and wearing like you know '70s polyester bell bottoms because you're um, you're not, <laughs> you're not uh, supposed to buy any new clothes. Definitely buy some new clothes so you stay trendy. But like, get rid of some stuff when when you do so.
0: thank you for joining us today I hope that everybody learned something and I'll let you know how to find Shannon in the show notes on the website so check that out at www.thehomesteadcenter.org and you can go on the homepage under the Practical Idealist Podcast and don't forget to subscribe and review the show so that we can continue to grow now let's get a pile ready to donate everybody have a great week Thank you.